how many people here know that God has called them to something and you know what that something is and you're inside of you, you're so hungry, you're so passionate, you're so excited about that and you think, man, I will do whatever it takes to walk in it. Now, I'm sure there's some people here who think like that. A few hands going up. That's cool. You know, some of you guys might be here and you might think, man, I know I'm called to preach. I know that I'm called to go out and pray for the sick and see them healed. I know God's given me a heart for my school and I'm called to make an impact in, the, in my school and the place that I'm at. You know, how many of you guys who, who know what you're called to do and it's like you sit down in front with a piece of paper and you write down, okay, point one, to achieve what God's called me to do. Read my Bible. That's a good first point. Point two, pray. Another very good first point. Point three, I have to just position myself to the right person, maybe the right pastor. Maybe, maybe I'm called to be a leader. I want to see pastor. I need to position myself to pastor Dave. So, you know, hey, pastor Dave, I'm really good at being a leader. Maybe you, maybe you want to preach and you're like, you know, you're in front of your mirror every day and you're like preaching in front of the mirror the word that God's given you. You're there, you've seen pastor Mike do it. Out in Jesus' name. And you're there, you're in the front of the mirror. Out, out. And you're trying to deliver the mirror and nothing's happening. But you're practicing, which is good. Maybe you think, man, I'm called to pray for people. So you're there. You got your hands raised. You got one hand on your forehead. You're praying for yourself. I'll release the power of God. And you fall over on your bed. And it's like you've got these steps that you, you, that these steps that you think that, okay, this is the way that will get me there, which they are very good steps. And then you also think, okay, now I need to position myself so I can be seen, so I can be recognized by leadership so that, because otherwise they might all look past me. They might not see my gifting. They might not recognize that I've got a gifting to preach. They might not recognize that I've got a gifting to be a leader. So I better position myself just in case, God, you just don't happen to turn their eyes so that so they will see me. So you're up front worshiping God and you one eye, I'll just make sure they're looking at me. I love you, dear Lord. You know, they are all, reading your Bible, praying is all good stuff. That is all stuff that will help you get to where God's called you to be. Because, you know, without a relationship with God, then just things won't happen. Because that is the first thing we need to have, is a close connection to God, who is our source, who is our Savior. But, you know, I've got two points tonight that I reckon as a church we often miss. And the first one is if you got your Bible tonight. Who's got their Bible? Well done. Who came to church without their Bible? Mm. Slap on the hand for you guys. Well done. All right, if you got your Bible, turn to Mark 9, verse 33 to 37. When you're there, say, Oi! It's for you. Come on. All right, we'll start reading. It says this. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in the house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out there on the road? But they didn't answer him because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be a servant to everyone else. Then he put a little child among them taking the child in his arms and said to them, anyone who welcomes a child like on my behalf 
sorry. Anyone who welcomes a child like this on my behalf welcomes me. Anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my Father who sent me. The first point is this, we're all called to serve. So many of us think that, man, I'm called to be a great leader. I'm called to be a great preacher. I've got an awesome calling of God. And, and know this, church, that every one of you here has an awesome calling of God on your life. When you were, Jesus said, I knew you before you were born. I had a destiny. I had a plan for your life before you were born. But see, so often as Christians, we think that we've got to position ourselves to be seen and we forget about actually the Bible says, those who are last shall be first. You're called to serve. Every one of us is actually called to be a servant. See, Jesus said in Mark, in, uh, Jesus said in Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, to give his life for a ransom. You see, the disciples were worried about who was the greatest among them. How many have seen that in church? Where there's, there's positioning and there's squabbling and it's like, you do whatever it takes, man. Oh, in some ways, you know, I'm a Christian, but yet just move over because actually I want to be in this position. You know, and it's like we, we strive and it's like sometimes we actually offend people. Sometimes we actually hurt people. Sometimes we, we, we try and do all the right things, say all the right things. So that we're, we're thinking that that's what will enter us into what God's called us to be. But you see, Jesus never did that. Jesus said, I come to serve. And he was the greatest leader of all. He said, I come to serve. You know, we've all called to serve and to be people who would lay down our lives, which doesn't necessarily mean to go out and kill you, to, to die on a cross or to run out in front of a car or anything silly like that. But what it does mean is that you would lay down your desires, you would lay down the things that would motivate you, that would drive you to, to be in a position where, you know, where you think is recognizable. So many of us, you know, our security is in what people would say and what people would think. So many of us think that we haven't made it unless we're in a position of authority or we're in a position where people would see or recognize. But see, we are called to serve. You were called to be people who would come alongside pastors Mike and Joy and say, hey, you know what? Whatever you want me to do, I'm here for you. Whatever you want, Pastor Mike, if it's to clean your car, then I'm here for you. What is it that I can do for you? When you enter man here, let me carry your Bible for you. That's what servanthood is about. But yet, us as Kiwis, we are so far away from actually being people who would serve. You know, over the last few weeks after Pastor Rob Bradbury was here, he spoke into our team. And, uh, you know, since then, I've had Coke given to me every more Sunday morning before Kids Church. Yeah, Pastor Steve, would you like a Coke? Yeah, thanks, man. I love a Coke. You know, we've had people give us big food baskets full of groceries. We've had people just take us out for meals. We've had, you know, our team starting to catch this. You know, we went to Pastor Mike's house yesterday and we just... We just asked Pastor Joyce, look, what is it that you need? Can we give you a meal while Pastor Mike was away? She said, no, I don't need a meal. But what I do need is I've got a tree behind the back and it's cut down, but I just need some guys to come and take it away. We said, look, no problem, we'll do that for you. So we did. And we also did their garden and bought plants for them too and cleaned their windows, which they didn't know about. Because you see, I, I was challenged about this whole area of servanthood. Because you see, 
Man, I know that I want to, God, man, I want to influence people, God. I want to influence the primary schools. I want to be an influence. I want to be a good leader. But yet, I also, to be a good leader, I need to know how to serve because all good leaders know how to serve. You see, who do you willingly serve? Or when you think about yourself and the things and the desires that you want, do you then think, well, actually, I don't really serve that much. Actually, my five points to get to where I'm called to be, serving is not one of them. Actually, I do actually push people aside and sometimes maybe offend people and and are not very kind to people. You see, the disciples, they were worried about who was the greatest out of them. But yet they were handpicked by God. But yet God had gone around and chosen each one of them and said, Come, follow me, be disciples of men. So they all had a call of God on their life. They all were called to be someone great and to do you know, amazing miracles and to do amazing things. And there they were squabbling over who was the best, fighting over and arguing who was the best. So when Jesus said to them, what were you talking about? Well, mm, let me see. Um, Not much, Jesus. And Jesus, being a Holy Ghost man like some people here, was like, I know what you were talking about. I sensed it in the Spirit. You guys were arguing, weren't you, about who was the greatest? Well, well, we're just discussing it, Jesus. Come on, come on, we have to have a discussion about this, boys. You know, you can try your hardest to get into a position where people can see you. You see, even the workplace recognizes this principle. Even, I'm, I've, got a, I've got a business. And I would much rather have somebody who is willing to give 100%, who is just faithful in what they do, without an attitude, without trying to push their way into a position, but yet maybe is not quite as good as another person, I would much rather have that person working with me. Any day. Any day. Because you see, I've been in a situation where I've had two people. One is quite a bit better than the other, but the other is far more willing. And I said to the one who is far more willing, I would much rather have you work for me any day. He was like, no, you wouldn't. I said, I would. If I had to lay somebody off, you wouldn't be it. Because you see, he thought that the one who was the best, the one who could do all the stuff, was the one that was more valuable to me. But no, he wasn't because anyone could be trained. Anyone could be trained. I was watching a movie the other day called Kingdom of Heaven. And I'm not sure what the guy's names were because I was kind of half sleeping and half watching it. But the bit that I did look, look at and watch and pick up was when the, uh, the, the, the young guy who was just, he said to his dad, look, dad, I will serve the king no matter what. He had a good motive, a good attitude, a good heart. Whatever it takes, man, I'll just serve because his dad, said, his dad has served the king for years, protected him for years. He said, and he said, son, I want you to do this because his dad died. He said, no worries. But then he had another guy who was, a, who was married to the king's daughter who was trying to position himself to be the next king, but yet he had an attitude. He was a nasty piece of work. He would, he would push his position over people. He would just go, man, I don't even like you. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But see, this one who served, this one who was faithful in his word, when the king was about to die, he said to him, I would much rather you 
be the one who takes over this kingdom than my son-in-law. So what happened in the movie was the daughter then, when the dad died, the daughter who was the queen said, oh, I choose my husband. And, uh, but then later on, she actually regretted what she did. Because, see, he led them in to a battle that they could never win because he was full of pride. He was full of wanting the position. He was full of just wanting to be recognized and wanting to be seen as the big man. So he thought, man, I could take this. We, we can go and we can wipe them out. And this other guy said, actually, we're better to wait for them to come to us. Nah, man, we're, we're fine. We've got thousands of soldiers well-trained. And they go out. And he said, but if you go, you will have to travel for days and days and days without water. You will be tired by the time you get there and you will not be able to fight at your full capacity. We'll be all right. So they left. What happened? They all got slaughtered. You see, even the world recognizes. Even in the movies that it shows that actually the one who will serve is the one who, would, who the king would rather be promoted. Do you have a servant heart? Do you have a servant heart to leadership? Youth guys, do you have a servant heart to Pastor Dave? Where you would just go, Pastor Dave, what, what would you like me to do? What would you like me to do? Can I give you, carry your Bible? Can I give you a coat? Can I come and do your lawns for you? Can I just do something for you? Because you know, that is the way that you would be great. That is the way that you will come up another level. Church, do we serve pastors, Mike and Joy? Man, that is a challenge for us today. You know, we're called to go out in the community. We're called to make a difference. But yet if we as the church haven't got a hold of this principle, then how can we expect to have such a great influence? If we can't serve, how can we expect in the community that our name would be known as one that's great? Bay City, I know that church, man, those people, they... Every employer that has someone working for them from Bay City, they are the best. They are the best ones. They are the ones that serve. They are the ones that will stay five minutes later. They are the ones that will give 110% every time. Because you see, you guys out in the community represent this church. When you're in your workplace, youth, when you're in your school, you represent Bay City. When we're out in the community, we either give the church a good or a bad name. We either give God a good or a bad name. See, people watch. People look at what you do. If they know you're a Christian, if they don't know you're a Christian, then they should. If they don't, if they do know you're a Christian, they will look. What do you do? What is your attitude like when your teacher, when your boss, when your parents ask you to do something that you don't want to do? What is your attitude like? What is your response like to that? Is it negative? Is it, yeah, man, no, no worries? Because you see, words, you know, so often we can say the right words, but our actions do not line up. They don't line up with our words. And you could go out into the community. You could say the right words. You could say the right things at work. You could say the right things to your friends. But yet if they do not see because so much, so many people already think the church are full of hypocrites. So many people already think the church, they are full of people who will say one thing but live a different life. We need to be people who know what it is to serve. Who know what it is to be someone of our word. Is this alright? You getting something out of this? You're pretty quiet. 
The second point is this. Firstly, Proverbs 3, verse 3 and 4 says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both people and God, and you will earn a good reputation. Loyalty and kindness, serving, that is some of the biggest things that we can do that will talk loudly about what kind of people we are. The second point is we need to welcome all people. We need to be welcoming of people. We need to be welcoming of even the unlovely people. Because it's easy to welcome the people that you're friends with. It's easy to welcome the people that are in your circle of friends that you would hang out with. In Mark 9, where we started, verse 36, 37 says this. I'll read it out again. Then he put a little child among them, taking the child in his arms, and said to them, Anyone who welcomes a child like this on my behalf welcomes me. You see, back in those days, children, they were treated as second class. So when Jesus welcomed the child into his arms, he was saying, what I want you to do is I want you to welcome not only the first class people, not only the people who who looked the part, not only the people who were accepted. I want you to welcome all people. I want you to welcome even the ones that look funny. I want you to welcome even the ones that don't necessarily fit into your circle of friends. You know, I remember being at school where, and especially within girls, and they will be, one minute they've got a group of friends, next day that girl's crying because she's out of the group of friends. She's out of the circle of trust. The day after, she's back in the circle of trust and another one's out. And I'm sitting there like, man, you girls are crazy. Just have fun. But see, nothing's changed. I talk to the girls now that are in, in kids ministry in the intermediates in the primary school, nothing's changed. It's probably worse. Because, see, it's all about who's in our circle. It's all about who's the ones that we welcome into our world. And if you don't fit that category, if you don't fit what I perceive as being the one that will fit, that I want to be seen with, then you can just go and stand over there. Thank you very much. Oh, you're feeling a little hurt? I'm sorry, but these are the... Jesus loves you. These are the ones who I want to hang out with. No, that's not what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus did. He welcomed all people. Big, small, slightly round. All people. Jesus loves me for the way I am. And so does my wife, so it's good. I'm lucky. Praise God for a good wife. I tell you. Luke 6, 31, 34 says this. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to only those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, why should you get credit for that? Because even sinners lend money wanting full return. See, I love that bit. So often we pat ourselves on the back because, man, I welcomed, I gave my friend a hug. When they were in a time of need, I came round them. Come on, man, we could do this together. I'm by your side. Brothers in arms, united forever. 
and all that kind of stuff. And we pat ourselves on the back. When our friends are down and they're in a financial drought, you, you come up, man, I gave him $500. Praise God, man, that is awesome. When did you last give to someone who's not in your circle of friends who is struggling as well? When did you last love someone and give someone a hug who doesn't fit in to your circle of friends? How cool would it be if you were, if we were out, you know, as a church and man, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll say this one other time, but man, I want to take this to a whole new level where, man, I was just talking to my wife about this. Imagine if it was in a supermarket ready to pay and there's a lady in front of me. It looks all right, you know, but you know, just dressed normally. So you would think nothing of it. Putting the groceries through. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, that'll be $120. $120? Oh, no. Uh, she'll take that away, take that away, and take that away. How much is that? $110. $100. $100. How much have you got? 50 And you're there, next in line. You were just considering to say, hey, lady, do you know Jesus? You need to turn. You need to come to church. You need to come to church because we've got a great church. Man, it's a shame you can't pay for your groceries. So, you know, if you come to church, you give to the offering, God will bless you abundantly and you'll be able to pay for all your groceries. And you're there thinking, man, I, man, I am just it. Wait until Pastor Dave hears me do that. He will be patting me on the back. No, let's take it to another level where, excuse me, ma'am, I heard that you can't afford this. I would love to just bless you with that extra $50. Actually, how about I bless you and pay for the whole lot? And she'll be like, do you want something off me? No. All I want. Man, I'm just a Christian. I go to Bay City, man. I just felt God say to bless you. Here it is. That's it. Then imagine what that'll do. She will then go home to her husband. Can you imagine what this guy did? He just gave me, he paid for my whole groceries. Who is he? Oh, he's some from Bay City, some church, but he said he's a Christian. And then the next they talk, then they talk to their friends. All of a sudden, the church is starting to have an influence in the community. All of a sudden, people are starting to talk about this church, Bay City, that people go beyond what? Is the norm. Far easier, far more impact than ever standing up on the side of a street telling people to come to know God. Because you know what? Money speaks louder than most things. Money speaks louder than most things. And people just cannot understand because you see, the world is so focused on itself. The world today, the generations today, as they grow up at court, it's all about you. It's all about what you can get. It's all about putting yourself first, positioning yourself first. Then you'll be successful. When you've hit the million, then you'll be successful. That's why people cannot understand how anyone could ever part with money. Even five, ten dollars. Why would somebody do that? They are crazy. No. We are called. We are not called of this world. We are not called to be of this world. We are called to be different. We are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ. 
going into the community, making a difference, making a stand, and doing things that people would talk about, that people would say, they are amazing. They are amazing. Easy to do it to people who are in our own church. But see, we're called to go outside of these four walls. God has blessed us with an awesome building, praise God. But we're called to take what we have. And you know what? You could be sitting here thinking, man, but I don't have much money myself. You know, God can bless you. God will bless you, just like what Rachel preached about the lady that all she had was a bit of oil. And Elijah came up to her. But but, but this is my only bit of oil for me and my son. This is the only bit of bread. You might be the man of God, but are you crazy? Do you want us to die? Because if I give this to you, then... And the son said, Mommy, we're going to have bread tonight. Well, depends how much this man of God dude eats. But see, she followed what God... She followed because she knew if she gives, she'll be given back tenfold. See, we can give, we'll be given back. We can give, we'll be given back. You know, my wife and I were talking about just over the last few years about our giving. You know, and I'm not a millionaire or anything like that. Man, I wish I was so I could just, I love, just love giving to people. But we were just talking about how, you know, over the last few years, our giving has gone from when we used to, you know, a couple of hundreds, like, you're kidding me. I give a couple of hundred. That's crazy, you know. To now into new levels again, and now we want to take it to even greater levels than what we're doing right now. It's just continuing to increase. And like you look at your tithe receipt thingy that you get at the tax time, and you think, "Did I give that much? That is amazing. That is amazing." You know, so often we look and we get so concerned about where we are today, and like you, th- I know. You're at school and you're thinking, man, what's the purpose of this? What is the purpose of school bar from getting a good education? You might be in a job that you think is pointless and meaningless. And you're there thinking, what is the purpose of this job? You know, there is a purpose of everything. Everything that you do is preparing you. Everything you do today is preparing you for tomorrow. You know, my wife, she was in a job a few years ago and she just hated it. She was in there for two years. And at that time, she was thinking, what is my purpose in this place? Man, this is just crazy. It's just, God, I guess I'm only here so I can just pay my bills. And then two years later, you know, she just continued. She was faithful in that job, though. She would continue to work. You know, they wanted her to work late. She would work late. She would do what the boss wanted her to do. And then two years later... She was the office manager. Two years later, the office person that was under her was in a point of crisis. See, they knew she was a Christian, but she never lauded it over them, never just kept bashing them with it. But she just faithfully served, did her job, was faithful in what she did. And a couple of years later, this lady rang her up and said, Hey, Al, I know that you're a Christian and my life is in just a mess right now. I need to come to church. Can you, can you help me? And now that girl's in church today. But see, at that point of time, 
She could have very easily thought and been upset and been depressed and been angry and, and, and just thought, God, this is for nothing, man, and just had a bad attitude in what she did and that would have shown through. People would have seen the attitude. But she served faithfully and a soul was saved out of that. Amen? You don't know what you're doing today, what that will prepare you for. Let's just close our eyes. We've had the musos come up. Lord God, Father, we just declare you're an awesome God. You know, I know that there are some people here, and as I was talking about the whole serving thing, as I was talking about the whole thing of just loving people, you know, you were just there thinking, oh man, that just sounds like hard work. You know, I'll challenge you that, you know, as a church, we need to catch a hold of this principle because it's a godly principle. It's actually a godly principle that we're all called to be a light into this community, that we're called to go out and make a difference, that we're called to let our lives be an example to God. You know, I want to challenge you here tonight. You know, if you don't faithfully serve, then now's the time to start in your workplace, in your school, in church. If you don't love people that are in your world, maybe the ones that are slightly different, then now's the chance to do something nice to those people. You know, as I was putting this message together, I even got challenged about someone who's in the church who the relationship's kind of gone bad. And how I've actually sort of been a bit disappointed and upset and had a bit of an attitude about that. I was actually challenged. You know, we've tried to do what we can to put it right, but they just won't budge. But as I was putting the message together, I was sinking and I was challenged. Actually, I need to show kindness to that person. I actually need to go beyond what they would ever imagine we would do. So I went home and I said to my wife, Let's just shout them out for a night away and pay for a meal with them. Last thing I want to do, really, but, you know, it's about actually doing what God's called us to do. Because, see, God, Jesus did that every time. Jesus called Matthew, who was Levi, who was a tax collector, who ripped off many people, Christians and everyone. The woman who had an adulterous relationship, they were about to stone her. And he said, the person who was without sin cast the first stone. They all threw them away and gradually, one by one, they walked off. You see, if we can do this, you'll have far greater impact, far greater influence than what you could ever believe, than what you could ever imagine. And my friend, God will promote you. Because see, God will see. God will see. God will see. So I challenge you to just change your thinking. Let's, as a church, let's change our thinking to be a church that serves, to be a church that cares, to be a church that goes out and helps people who are in need, that, that we would see and find opportunities, that we would look for opportunities. Because, you know, so often we walk around thinking about our day, thinking about what we're to do next, that we actually miss opportunities. We actually miss when, when God's saying, move now. We miss it because we're not in that frame of mind. We're not walking continually, God, God, what is it that you want me to do? God, what is it that you want me to do today? Holy Ghost, Father, just pray tonight, Lord.
God, that as Christians, Lord, Father, we would be challenged, God, to come up, Lord, to a new level in this area. Lord, that we'd be challenged to come up to new heights in this area. That, Lord, you've called us to go out, Father, into this community and to make a difference, Lord. God, we pray tonight that, Lord, we would capture a hold of these two points, Lord. That, Father, we would serve and that, Lord, God, we would care about others. Lord, that we would look for opportunities, God. Lord, that you would stir our hearts. God, you would remind us, Lord, of situations. Holy Ghost, Father, when we're in a troubled time, when someone has been mean to us, that God, we would just turn the other cheek. And Father, we would just give back to them with kindness. Holy Ghost.